Hi there. Hello, friend. You're listening to Despair on the Air. On the internet. My name is Gary. And I'm Angie. And today is a very sleepy Sunday episode. Ooh, sleeping sundry. Sundry. Who's sundry? Where's the geek? I don't know. But we got a lot of fun tunes to get through this episode. The first of which is a hot new track from recent album by Katie Kirby called Cool Dry Place. The song is Juniper. And to introduce our special guests this week, we got Sober Without by the very lovely Lila Sunier. Off her recent EP, Where Everything is Perfect. Where is everything perfect, Angie? Right in front of you if you have a good attitude. Aww. Where's a cool, dry place to store your pantry goods, Gary? It's called the Snack Shack. Ooh. What's your favorite thing to always have in the pantry? What's your pantry essentials? You gotta have some Cheez-Its. Okay. Any flavor that you like. But my favorite thing I like right now I'm snacking on is these dots, pretzels, twist things. They're so good. Whoa, whoa, wee wow. I'm not a fan of hard pretzels. Soft pretzels are good. Remember when Target used to have soft pretzels? I do remember when Target used to have a food court. Rip in peace. Rip in peace. They got Starbucks now. I know. Boo! Boo! Remember the icy and you can get like, the pizza hut breadsticks oh, and the chicken popcorn strips. smell. And the popcorn, popcorn smell is the best part of going to Target. Yeah, and the good thing about the soft pretzels is they always give you a cheese sauce. Like a big old cup of it. I remember. I remember... It very well, and I remember the first side of trouble when they started pairing with the Pizza Hut. Oh, that's where they went wrong. Showdown, getting people in the from the outside. Anyways, if you miss Target, let us know. Send us a message at the Spare on the Air. And for now, we hope you enjoy this interview with our lovely, lovely guest of the week, Lila Sunier. On Despair. On the Air. On. BFF.FM Which way is the blossoms going to flow 
Are listening to Despair on the Air on the internet. My name is Gary and I'm Angie, and today we have another special guest. We have Lila Sinye. Say hello. Hi, how are you doing? We're so excited to chat with you today. Another LA based artist, and I guess the best place to jump right in, as always, is when did you start making music? Yeah, I first started making music. I feel like when kind of everyone discovers themselves creatively、um, is like when they're like 12, 13, 14, like when all the hormones are coming out and they're just like, gosh, you know, how can I channel all this inner angst? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just you turn to one art form or another, or I don't know, you do sports maybe.、Um, But yeah, that's about one. Definitely. And Lila, when you were a teen, what bands and musicians did you go crazy over? And did it have any influence on the music you make today? When I was a teen, I definitely was a massive、uh, Taylor Swift fan because I thought, oh, if she can write songs, then maybe I can write songs. And I think I read in an interview, some like other artists have had that realization like, oh, this person that I look up to, maybe I can do that.、Um, And then、uh, there's still this album. Do you guys know the band Noah and the Whale? Yes, I,、uh, that's such a callback, but I definitely remember. <laughs> yeah, I discovered、um, their album, First Days of Spring, and that's still to this day.、Uh, like, I'll listen to it on、um, what's First Day of Spring? It's like April 22nd, is that right? Or is it March? Yeah, typically around that time. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you're right. It's in March. It's in March. March 22nd. It's one of the 22nds. I know that. Or it's the 21st. Who knows? But I'll listen to it on the first day of spring, kind of ritually.、Um, and that for me was like a huge gateway into like an album or a project being like this concept, like having overarching themes and all the stories kind of connect to each other about this one big experience. Mm hmm. And then towards the end of high school,、uh, I discovered、uh, Fiona Apple, and I just haven't stopped <laughs> obsessing over her. <laughs> it was like the song every single night I heard it, and I was like, oh my. It was just such a different way to write music, I feel like, and to lay it out so just viscerally, like so much emotion.、Um, yeah. 
What would you say influences your songwriting the most? Like, can you walk us through kind of your process about how you write a song and then maybe how you write like an album or an EP? Yeah, so my songwriting process, I think it's a little bit different every time. A lot of times, like I'll get little ideas through the day and like I'll voice memo it. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Sometimes I just hear this melody or like this little couplet in my phrase and then I'll go to the guitar. I tend to write on the guitar a lot. That's kind of my instrument. Um, And then it's fun. I was actually writing a song today that I'm pretty excited about, but it's fun because it's like a puzzle. You don't really know where that couplet is. It's not inherently like, you know, the opening verse or the chorus. Sometimes I've written it and it's been like the bridge or like the line I came up with was like the second verse. And then you have to figure out this entire story and narrative or what it is really that you're trying to say. And I do think like for me, having something to say and like really feeling it is like an important aspect of my writing. Because if I don't feel it, then it can be like a fine song, you know, but like I want to feel like I've shared some sort of, not, not like, you know, it like needs to be like private, personal, but like some sort of perspective on something. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No, I think that makes sense. That's how I'm not a songwriter by any means, um, but that's your process feels like how I would approach it as well. So it makes perfect sense to me. What kind of art do you make? <laughs> I like, I mean, <laughs> I haven't, I'm in grad school right now, so I haven't been able to have much time for any sort of art making really besides like, um, like technical writing, I guess, but that's not really art in terms of. I used to love to draw and paint, which I know you draw and paint. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think that leads into one of our next questions. Gary, would you like to ask it about? Yes. As an illustrator and painter, how is making music different and similar to 2D art? It's kind of like where I feel, I don't know, I feel like I'm expressing myself in a kind of equal but different ways like I I um I was drawing before I even talked really uh mm-hmm. like that was just something and like to this day like I'll just doodle um and it feels like such a natural form of communication that I like it because I think it um it lets my mind explore and gives it more space to reflect whereas with songwriting I feel like I'm reflecting but with a a very um, distinct purpose. Like I'm trying to serve that idea of, you know, communicating and relaying. Whereas with art, I think you can look at a painting and a drawing and there are things that can be communicated that you can be trying to achieve. Like say you're doing like a thesis or a body of work, right? Like say you've mm-hmm. got the concentration, then you it's kind of similar to an album in that way where you're really trying to hone in like this point or this visual um, aesthetic but I think it's a little bit more nuanced because people like, you know, like those really abstract paintings. I, I don't know who has this collection, but I'm sure someone has a collection of just red paintings. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't like the artist will say, this is, this is what it's about. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone is like when they see that red painting gets that, but maybe it like triggers something that reflects like it makes them puts them in that reflective space of like self exploration that I think is really 
just critical important about visual and two-dimensional art, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I think that was such a great comparison that I never thought about before, but makes perfect sense of like, much like how a artist is like like a thesis of work from an artist is so similar to an album because there are concept albums where every song has to like, you know, be played in conjunction or to like do some sort of narrative Mm -hmm. story but most albums aren't concept albums especially today yeah but a lot of times people still try to group together like a overall thematic you know situation with an album especially if they're setting out to do an album I know some people especially like streaming the streaming like kind of economy now a lot of times they just put out a bunch of singles and then they're like I might as well make an album out of this or an EP out of this but I think a lot of people go into it with like there's a theme in my right my songwriting and that's kind of like and it reflects itself too and even choosing like album art yeah and music video aesthetics no for sure yeah I think that's something I like about music especially I mean we've talked to a bunch of folks who are also illustrators and painters um as well as musicians and it's always or sometimes poets too and it's really interesting to see how they navigate and balance like the different mediums and how like they play off each other and like what ideas and like inspirations they reserve for one or the other if they ever combine the two so it's really cool no for sure like there are things that I'm more comfortable or maybe just more practiced in expressing uh like in song form where mm-hmm. with I, I love like essay writing yeah and that I feel like I can ex- express like more like critical thinking like something like a perspective or an outlook on like politics social issues or just like you know just going through a day or like various things it's kind of but I'm not sure how comfortable or practiced I am in putting that into you know a song form I even think like art like visual art again just because what we were talking about it being like like an open canvas for interpretation Mm -hmm. that lends itself more to like the analytical you know yeah definitely and then to pivot a bit back to um your musical history do you remember some of the first venues and places you played at that you felt really comfortable and then who were some of the first folks you were playing alongside with who made you feel really like great as a musician and just like made you feel really comfortable like performing on stage yeah the first time I think I felt really comfortable was um sophomore summer of college um I had organized a tour with my then bandmate James Bishop and we were going we went to school in Florida and I, my family lived in New York at the time, so we were like making our way up. And it's funny because like before then, um, a lot of kids that I went to school with, I went to music school, and a lot of them had like, you know, gigged a lot in like done open mics and all that um, in high school. And even though I grew up outside New York City, I had like I just dipped my toes. It wasn't like you know going out to like take that half hour train ride I was like I was very academically focused so (laughs) my time went to just make sure you finish your homework study and then once you're done with that write songs late into the night that was my routine (laughs) (laughs) that summer um I think it was summer of 2017 we were making our way up and we had our ups and downs we had a lot of 
fun, a lot of memories. <laughs> and it was on my 21st birthday in Kentucky. I was outrageously drunk um, because we were at a bar in Kentucky on my 21st birthday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just felt um, so confident in everything that I was uh, expressing. And like the way, I think you always feel confident when people are reacting, you know? Yes. You feel your best when you can, because you can feel an audience's energy. That is probably like the most palpable thing in the room. And yeah, that's still one of my fondest, like early memories of performing and just feeling like, yes, this is something that I do want to continue pursuing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what would you say would be your all time favorite gig memory? <laughs> Maybe that. It's <laughs> because <laughs> it, it turned out to be a great night. I met um, a cowboy. It was a good time. Ooh. <laughs> Kentucky lad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. He he broke horses for a living, and little city girl me was just like, "Damn, it was a good time." That's cool though. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, though, I I don't know. I feel like each memory is a new one, and like it's a learning experience. You have things that you feel really proud of, things that you're like, "Ah, oh, I need to do that better." But generally, I would say most of them are pretty good experiences. Cool. This year, you put out not one, but two EPs. Well, 2020. I like to refer things as the calendar year. To me, it's like, it's still last year unless it's we've like totally, you know, like totally wrapped it up. Yeah, well, <laughs> like what is time? <laughs> is time? Exactly. <laughs> but you put out two EPs. Um, they're entitled Where Everything is Perfect and then If Only to Bleed Out the White Noise. And then we were curious what the process was like, not only to release during such a difficult year, but to release twice. And like, what advice would you give to artists now here in 2021, in early 2021, releasing um, music and like, what are things you would like to pass on? Yeah, I feel like it was a huge learning experience. I think um, before I even knew what 2020 was going to be, I was very stubborn to this idea that I had that I wanted to put out two independent EP projects. So even though there's like no touring opportunities or anything, this was like an idea and a goal that I set for myself. And I think through everything that 2020 has thrown at us, um, and even though it might not have been the smartest idea, I'm sure like some industry executive would have been like, "What? why would you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I think I used it kind of as like a floating device of just being like, well, I'm still going to do my thing. I'm going to keep ahead like with the plans that I've made for myself. Mm -hmm. um, just because I'm inherently such a planner and when I can't plan and scheme and like create, I kind of go a little crazy. So <laughs> um, that's why I guess I did it. And it just like kind of the stories, um, like they worked and tied into one another. Uh, I feel like together, like the first set is a lot more surrealist and a lot more me really figuring out like this, idea of putting out a body and then the second one I feel a little bit more comfortable but even just between the release schedules of the two I feel like I learned so much 
as to how I want to do things in terms of putting out art. Um, just in terms of like even like creative visual aesthetics, uh, what I think are like important, I don't know, like things to plan for, how, how to keep ahead of the calendar. Because when you put out music, it's a lot of planning, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's easy uh, to like, like there are things that you need to make sure that you like account for. So I still feel like I'm learning in that regards of like, oh, maybe next time I do a release, um, I'll consider this as a tactic or what do I want to put into like planning like visuals and stuff around it. Um, Yeah, if that makes sense. No, definitely. I think too, it's important. A lot of people I know have like pushed things back, given things up. Um, But I think there's a lot of strength in persevering and saying, like, these are my plans for this year and I'm going to do them to the best of my ability and adapt and be flexible. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. (laughs) No, it's true. I mean, because we've talked with a lot of people who have, um, I would say, would you say more people, Gary, have, uh, like, been adaptive and been like, yeah, I put stuff out anyway. I learned, I tried to do streaming things or this or that versus compared to people who are like, no, I've just been holding back and kind of just waiting until things go back to how they were. It seems like a lot of people have been really embracing flexibility and like new ways of, yeah. Yeah, people are adapting to this new age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's hard. Like what I was saying about like using it as just like a floating, like just giving me some sense of like I have control. I think maybe that's why. Because sure, you can't you can't do the live thing in the traditional sense, right? You can't tour, you can't mm-hmm. be out there and building a fan base in the traditional sense. But I don't know, it's holding on to artwork can also just, that can really suck too. We were just talking of our good pal Tyler from Diners a few episodes back about like holding on to a record for so long that once it finally comes out, it's just like, ugh. You don't even connect to it anymore. (laughs) That's the issue. (laughs) You're like, oh. like, And that's why I was really excited the way that the second one came together was just because it was such a quick turnaround and I just felt happy that because those a lot of those songs that are on it I had written the summer before about a summer experience that I had mm-hmm. and I knew that if I held on to it any longer then I just wouldn't really know what that really what that whole story had been about. Art's awesome. weird. <laughs> Art is weird. And on that note we're going to cut to a quick break of Artful Tunes and then we'll be back with, with more conversation. On the spare. On the air. Thanks for listening to the first half of our interview with Lila Sunier. We got three tracks to keep the party pumping. The first of which is a pick from Lila called Party People by Tem Scott off the album Trust You, Trust You. And after that, we got the song Planted from the album Eclipse by Eddie. Then another pick from Lila from Zola, a single called Don't Eat. Yes. We hope you enjoy these tunes, and we'll be back in a moment with more chit-chat on BFF. Bye-bye, fam. Bye-bye. 
back Way down by all my crystals that she took on her way out Hope they bring her luck as she flies to the next town I hope she comes back I hope she comes back
Radio. All your friends are doing it. 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 Best frequencies forever. And we are back on Despair on the Air with Lila Sunier. Hi. Hi. And I guess a great place to jump back in is um, off your EPs or off your entire like repertoire, what song would you say is your favorite to perform? Or maybe you don't have a favorite? Or mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for the cursed answer of somebody to say, I don't like any of my songs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Screw all my old songs. They suck. <laughs> um i don't know i uh there are actually some that i haven't released yet that um are personal favorites there's a song careless that is very rewarding uh just because this is the opposite thing (laughs) where you're like ah it's rewarding because i like the lyrics and everything (laughs) and i like how it uh really pins down like just something kind of exact but off of these projects um i love young thing that one there's something so uh liberating about um like the b section of it and that b section was originally a part of another song and then i attached it to young thing uh a song that i had written earlier like a few years back and it just felt so right this kind of like angry defiant like I'll drink or maybe smoke a joint um that just feels like rewarding of like just to bleed out the white noise I guess um that's how the line goes and then off of the new project um I guess I I dig playing all of them part of me I I have a thing for like slow burner songs like that's like my bread and butter so part of me is also rewarding just because um for me it's just like such a clear like thing of sadness and like sadness again is like my bread and butter so to just be sad and showcase that is like I feel seen definitely (laughs) cool (laughs) it's a funny thing like who yeah to be seen and sad that's like a weird but um it feels very validating because I think a lot of people I mean it depends on the audience but um when you write a song that somebody like comes up to you afterwards and is like do you know my story because like that that's like the whole point of it I think is just making yourself feel seen and more importantly others um no absolutely there's something so important to it takes a lot of like mental strength to put stuff out there especially stuff that's heavy and personal but there is always going to be somebody out there who like is as isolated as you feel and you're like nobody's going through this it's not true because there's somebody out there who's going to hear and be like like you said like do you know my story like are you have you been spying on me like this is so relatable and thank you for putting in words what I've been feeling and it helps and it's cathartic exactly and like I think that's for me, that's why I got into songwriting was hearing that as like, you know, little teen high school, like tween teen and being like, oh, my God, how does this person know everything? Uh, and then um, just really wanting to do that for others. 
and again, selfishly for myself, but <laughs> mostly again, the, the feeling comes from that interaction, I think. Definitely. Yeah. And Lila, um, are there any songs that you've yet to cover that you really, really want to? I really want to cover. Oh, um, there's been some Angel Olsen stuff. Uh, what's the one that's like it's easy it's easy when you know I think it's called What It Is that Mm -hmm. song I also am a massive fan of uh, St. Vincent Uh, it's fun to play Los Angeles that just feels very accurate and just you know again you're like damn that person knew Uh, (laughs) she knows what's up but um, I don't know I love covering music i don't do too many online covers and i probably should (laughs) but um i don't know i think covering so rewarding because uh you get to pretend for a moment that you were just that brilliant and you wrote that you you know what i mean you you get to step into the shoes of the writer yeah you just yeah no i love that I think, too, goes back to what we were just saying about, like, relating to something so heavily. And, like, sometimes, too, I bet even, like, the most, like, seasoned songwriter probably is like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. I don't have the words. And sometimes they'll have to hear something. They're like, there it is. That's it. And to, like, a cover is an act of love and be like, thank you for putting something out there that helps me. Yeah, it, it really is, I think. Definitely. And speaking of favorite artists and favorite tracks, are there any local artists or artists you've played alongside or just anybody across the world you've been listening to a lot during quarantine that you would like the listeners to know about? Um, I I think you guys had them on, but I discovered uh, through fans also like um, Karta. Mm-hmm. Yes. I absolutely love their album Pass Through Pollen. I think it's... Um, I just absolutely love that project i think it's so good um someone who i have played with who i think is just such a true artist like through and through um alicia blue mm-hmm. um she i think she put out a song she's like a poet she does like poetry and i remember she recommended me all these like poetry books i met her through um echo park rising like the virtual thing this year um and she was super nice and super sweet I've got like friends that I went to college with that I will always just be like, yes, champion them. Ida Rose, uh, Zola, Hanjia, who's in Korea right now. She's originally from upstate New York, but she moved to Korea. Benny the Ghost, used to be Ben Han. <laughs> um, and then Daniel Lumberatus is my old roommate that we, um, we co-produced that first project together. So yeah, those are people I'd shout out and be like, mm, definitely. This is a bit of a random question, but I wanted to know, because I lived in Colorado for a time, like, uh, how did you like it there? And you're back there again and kind of like, what's, what is your favorite things about it or some things you don't like about it? What's the vibe? I just absolutely love Colorado, I'll be honest. Uh, (laughs) There's like such an easy, laid back lifestyle to it and outlook that I think, like I grew up mostly on the coast. Um, I grew up like San Francisco area, then I was Chicago, then I was New York, then I went to school in Miami, then I went to LA. And then before that, though, I was in Colorado for a time. And I was honestly, I was 
really thinking of going to school there, uh, University of Denver, just because I absolutely fell in love with the city. But, you know, getting a good scholarship to a good school will be like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I guess the one thing that's not ideal is uh everyone in LA and anyone in the industry it seems like they'll tell you well you need to be here because you'll make your industry you'll make your connections you'll meet people in LA and that is so much easier to you know um there is such a built-up community of artists uh of all disciplines that it makes it kind of it's hard to know to LA you know Mm -hmm. but I think like the little, you know, the little nougat that I am, like the person that's like, oh, I love the mountains and I love like, you know, winter time and getting bundled up for it. And I love, you know, outdoors and everything is always just going to love and appreciate and kind of need Colorado. Definitely. Yeah, I'm from where I've lived like about 30 minutes outside of Denver and like as a teen, I was not a big fan of it, but I feel like if I were to go back, like, it would have been different because I wouldn't have been stuck in, like, a high school environment where, like, I don't give much choice of, like, who I interact with. That is that is true. I think um, high school environments, for better or worse, really shape your opinion about a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, like, I need to go back to New York, honestly. Uh, two of my best friends are... Um, back out there and it's so funny because like I just was so ready to leave mm-hmm. I feel like I'd like to go back to New York because there's so many people that love it you know and it is such a great and interesting city and then also upstate is stupidly gorgeous so yeah but I get that <laughs> the high school <laughs> you're like hmm <laughs> definitely and then is there anything once we are able to be back in person in venues and spaces, is there anything you would like to see changed about the local scene or anything like you're really looking forward to once we come back or just like, what would you like to see when we are able to all be together again? Um, hmm. I think I'd just be relieved to see it back. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, like it's gotten to that point where I just miss it you know like not even like the like ah that person like you know because sometimes you think like people are going to come to your show and that like I'm like yeah it's fine just so long as you get a stage I'm fine and just like meeting people and seeing people do their thing I just really miss that because I do think the live experience and going to that it's kind of like you know well I mean I guess like it's like a poetry reading or like seeing like an art bazaar like you I do think seeing people's work in person and watching them do their thing and any capacity is just so important so um like I don't know so I'm just eager for that to return because I always feel like I grow the most when I'm surrounded by people that are just doing their thing and, you know, just inspired by them. Definitely. Awesome. I think Gary has one final question to ask before we kind of get into goodbye mode. Gary, do you want to ask it? 
Yes, Lila, what is your perfect bagel? Oh, perfect bagel. Um, oof, oof, okay, because it's got to be a New York bagel, right? Mm-hmm. Like any other <laughs> This is like the New York snob coming at me, like the trained snob. <laughs> but it's got to be like, you know, like either an everything or it could be an onion or it could be an Asiago. Like either three of those options. You're already golden, you know? Yeah, perfect. Um... But then you've got the filling, right? Like we're, we're talking about, like you know, like a bagel sandwich, right? Like a. It right? could be a sandwich or an open face. Because <gasps> okay, ah, uh, you know, I could go for um, white fish, white fish salady type thing, you know, cream cheese or just like the white fish, cream cheese, on. I think I'm gonna actually go with an onion bagel. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Yeah, we learned about a whitefish salad last on last week's episode. <laughs> and it looks I mean I never had it, me and Angie never had it, and it looks good. It's so good. Um I actually haven't had it in forever. It's also um I don't know, maybe there must be places in LA that you can get it. There know. has to be. There has yeah. to be. And uh Listener, if you know where we can find this in the LA County mm-hmm. area, please message us at Despair on the Air. We need to yeah. know. Let us know your favorite Jewish delis. We're dying to know. No. It's very important. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then to wrap everything up, I, I have three questions slash requests. So the first of which is, are you working on any other artistic projects at this time that you'd like to discuss or plug? Yeah, so I'm currently working on making some more recorded music and a new project. And I'm really excited uh, for uh, these two short films that I scored uh, spring of last year, which I think should be headed for festival circuit stuff this year. The directors are Jesse Clearman and uh, Zhao Wen Wang, uh, two different films. So I'm very excited. Awesome. Very cool. And then my second question is, what are your goals? What are you working on right now in regards to music? And if there's anything you can share with us about upcoming shows, digital shows, release, release dates, any of that, or if you're just chilling right now. At the moment, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm cocooning a little bit. I'm like just trying to work on uh, like the project and the art, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And I'm like slowly dipping my way back into like, you know, scheduling virtual shows, maybe thinking, because it's hard to predict about like live shows. Like sometimes I'll be like, ah, oh, maybe in the fall. I can do like, you know, finally that little tour that I wanted to do, but nobody can really plan for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, just creating, writing, and being a little human. Yeah. Awesome. And then finally, where can everybody find you in your music on the web? Uh, you can find me. Just look up my name, L-E-I-L-A-S-U-N-I-E-R. And you can find me on all social platforms, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, 
even TikTok. I have three little videos there. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's just L E I L A S U N I E R. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so so much for coming on and chatting with us today. We really enjoyed talking with you, and this was such a great conversation. Thank you me i had so much fun of course and as always to those listening we will be back every sunday evening with another episode of despair with another guest all spring long yeah and we are one episode closer to our 75th yes 75 that's quite a big number big number we totally blew past 50, didn't even realize it. So yeah. we're trying to be a little more celebratory of 75. I mean, the most important one was 69. So. I know. <laughs> to some people. To some people, it was a nice one. <laughs> but well. thank you again, Lila. And thank you for listening to Despair. On the air. Thanks for listening to our interview with our special guest, Lila Sunier. We got three fun tracks before we go into a performance from Lila. The first of which is a pick from Lila, a very jazzy single called Witches by Alice Phoebe Lou. Yes, and then we got a song by the band Brother Moses called Hopeless. Then we got the song Strawberry Wine from Lemon Drop. That song makes me hungry. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? The sparkling strawberry lemonade from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, a perfect compliment to every picnic. Trader Joe's, sponsor us, please. Yes. And if you don't want to sponsor us, just give us something. Just give, give us a us dollar a off. Box. Give us, yeah. Trader Joe's don't got coupons. Think about that. Makes me sad. I like the feel of a coupon. I like carrying it around and giving it to the person. I like saying, I have a coupon. I just like having the whole paper, the whole catalog thing, and then you have to get bring your own scissors and just clip it in front of them. And then you yeah. take out and then you make the you, you make the line so long. I remember those red things in the aisles of grocery stores that had coupons in it and you could grab them and it would like dispense oh. them. Oh, it's like the, the little deli counter thing you, you, you pull off. Oh. Yeah, but it's coupons. It's coupons. It's savings. Why'd they get rid of those? Phones. The, the modern age of the internet. Ah, technology. You scan a barcode on your thingy now. You hit the app and then you're like, you got a phone number? And you're like, I guess. And you type it and you're like, you got 50 cents off. Boo. But anyway, after that, we got a performance by Lila called Part of Me. Which is my favorite track of her recent EP, Where Everything's Perfect. Yes. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Despair on the air. On BFF.FM. Yeah.
I've been spending time thinking about the time I spent on things that I despised and all the sleepless nights. Ambition cast aside for TV and wishing and dreaming, but I'm still waiting on a sign like I believe in something, like something believes in me. The waiting is too easy, wishing is too easy, nothing that's easy will free me. And this is where I turn around and make my way back to reckless and naive, and I refuse to listen to this sound. Loud, but my friends are with me now and now Will last a while I used to never smile Show my teeth or be open to change But all of my friends are with me now I may lose my way, you know I already lost it today After all Thanks for all your patience You know that I was trying so hard Not to hide my heart But I got cold and cynical and over And the world got smart I wrote it And just to be clear You're the victim in all my crimes You know I've given up too many times When a hopeless romantic finds love He's bound to start looking in places That he's not gonna find hope at all I'm always gonna fall It's not so hopeless after all I killed a few years in the basement Singing that I found my calling And it's not so hopeless Not that tonight Dream about dying Set the book to the mic And it's not so hopeless And you fell out of love I was moving on We opened up the floodgates Not so hopeless We can keep changing Turning new page But the song's still the same And it's not so hopeless Well, I guess 
strawberry wine so you can drink me dry and walk away with a bite. You think you've got me so high, say I look good in the sky.
for listening to this episode of despair on the air we hope you enjoyed yourself and found some new tunes and learned something let us know what you've learned send us a message send us an email send us a letter in the post yes all the information can be found on our social media at despair on the air and don't forget to check out the gift shop yeah it's right on the way out we did that on purpose Yes, uh, don't forget to buy your picture, which is only fifty dollars each, yeah. and still has <laughs> and still has a watermark. And if you want to rove that, it's twenty five extra dollars. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't have a watermark. Is this new jazzy single by Despair Alumni Nightjars? Yes, which is a Bay Area local on VFF. 
So, hey, if shows are ever back, ever, go see Night Jars. But also listen to Majeska from the upcoming album Majeska, coming out May 7th. And then we're saying goodbye with a track off the very recent new album from Adult Mom, the album Driver, the song Wisconsin. And speaking of this band, Adult Mom was one of the last bands me and Gary saw right before quarantine hit at a show with Gal Pal, who were recently on the program, and Pale Hound. Wow, yeah, it really has been a year. I know. That was our last, that that day was our last, we mentioned in the show before, but like, that was the last big day we ever, we did things. And I like, know. It was a jam-packed day. Maybe it was like, ha ha, here's one last big day before. Big hurrah. Before, before the, Quite a coincidence, home. too, that this new album comes out so close to the anniversary of that day. Yeah, I know. And I'm um, speaking of Wisconsin. Whatever happened to that? Where do you think that um, that that lady, the Bath and Bath and Body Works lady, <gasps> oh, is Angela? doing? Angela. Yes. Yes, Angela, who was angry about the winter candy apple candles from Bath and Body Works. She went to the Oshkosh store. She went to that Appleton store. She was so angry because she couldn't find the three wick candles and the peach bellini and the winter candy yeah. apple. And the Appleton was furious i'm sure she's still causing a lot of trouble for retail workers across the globe yeah luckily hopefully she hasn't like gone to a mall in the past year i don't know that oh you know she has oh you know or maybe not maybe she's changed but you know what's funny about that we see videos now a lot of the karen type folks as they're called but that's usually other people taking pictures of their bad behavior but this woman took the time to record herself for 10 plus minutes talking about how angry she was at Bath and Body Works and put that on the internet herself. That really is the DIY experience. Just do it yourself. You don't need some bystander to do it for you. Cancel yourself. Yeah. DIY cancellations. Don't make somebody else take videos of your bad behavior. Put it up yourself. Just get it over with. Catch yourself in 4K. Yes. But her video was not 4K. That was definitely not 4K. I think that's a bit of an older video, though, so we can forgive at least that aspect of it. Yeah, so if you do it now, it better be in 4K. Absolutely. And that is a good... A good lesson to end the show with. Yes. Enjoy these two jazzy, jazzy tunes. And keep tuned to the on the Air next Sunday on... BFF.FM as well as on Spotify and Mixcloud. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Goodbye, friend. Goodbye. <laughs> That's the jam. Oh, Jessica, though we may never meet, I've spent my up at your feet Your mother and I shared a place but not a time and I'm only in town for a while 
season of scales in near of death what can you say that I haven't heard yet when I'm driving and alone with you oh backwards with her eyes closed tilting toward the method she knew best a perfect land where she took her in her mouth south of a new sun now she watches her arm shadow swell pacing the boards while the fog goes to hell so Jessica be leaving soon lay down the heavy gown of the foolish princess wife live in that shadow